Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5.30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Looks like they're going to have the votes this time around to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. That's good. He deserves it. Kamala Harris says, I am ready to serve as people wonder about Joe Biden's ability to do the job. And there's calls for the 25th Amendment to be invoked. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Great to have you with us on a busy, busy Tuesday. We got a lot to chat about in the next uh, two hours. So let's get to it. First of all, um, Tony Bobulinski today had a lot to say. He, he, he told the House Oversight Committee a lot and put Joe Biden at the very center of the influence peddling scheme right there. Tony Bobulinski claimed that Joe Biden was at the center of the Biden family's shady overseas business dealings in his testimony before Congress on Tuesday. Testifying behind closed doors before the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees, Bobulinski argued in his opening statement that the president was not only aware of the influence peddling operation being conducted by his son, Hunter, and his brother, James, while he was vice president, but that Joe Biden actively enabled the lucrative scheme. He said, quote, it is clear to me that Joe Biden was the brand being sold by the Biden family. That statement, of course, echoes the July testimony of former Hunter Biden associate Devin Archer. Archer and Hunter Biden were both board members of Ukrainian energy firm Burisma and once had a close relationship. His family's foreign influence peddling operation from China to Ukraine and elsewhere sold out to foreign actors who were seeking to gain influence and access to Joe Biden and the United States government. Joe Biden was more than a participant in and a beneficiary of his family's business. He was an enabler. Despite being buffered by a complex scheme to maintain plausible deniability. The only reason any of these international business transactions took place with tens of millions of dollars flowing directly to the Biden family, was because Joe Biden was in high office. The Biden family business was Joe Biden, period. The Biden family and its associates received more than $24 million 
over an approximately five-year period beginning in 2014 and ending in 2019. The Biden family itself and affiliated companies hauled in $15 million of that sum. Tony Bobolinsky was involved with the Chinese energy conglomerate CEFC and its negotiations with Hunter Biden and his business associates over a joint venture known as Sinohawk that ended up falling through. Now, Bobolinsky had previously told the FBI he met with Joe Biden in Beverly Hills. And the pair discussed business, according to FBI notes, turned over to the House Ways and Means Committee by IRS whistleblower Joseph Ziegler. Joe Biden and Bobolinsky met during the Milken Institute Global Conference, where Joe Biden gave a speech. Bobolinsky accused the Bidens of defrauding him as the CEO of Sinohawk and repeated his description of meetings with Joe Biden in May 2017 to discuss business dealings. He also said law enforcement and several grand juries have refused to contact him to get his perspective on the Biden family business dealings. Now, Hunter Biden's defense attorney, Abby Lowell, wrote a letter in October to Biden-appointed U.S. Attorney for D.C. Matthew Graves, alleging that Bobolinsky lied to the FBI, a charge that Bobolinsky vehemently denied in his opening statement. You know what's amazing about all this? Is that if, if Hunter Biden had just agreed to that plea deal over the summer, none of, we wouldn't be talking about any of this right now. I mean, we would in the sense that Congress would still be investigating him, but we certainly would not be talking about indictments against Hunter Biden. He's so stupid. He really is. He's the dumbest guy. And dumb people hire dumb people. You know, idiots hire idiots. So in, in, if you're an idiot, you're going to hire an idiot lawyer. And I think Abby Lowell's an idiot, too. I do. I think his whole legal team's idiots. Don't think that every lawyer is smart. A lot of them are morons. A lot of them are. Not everybody in every profession is smart, even if you have to go to school for it. You know as well as I do, there are a lot of dummies out there with degrees. But those idiots blew the chance to have all of this go away because the judge was smart enough to Jedi mind trick these people and to get them to reveal to their idiot client that, yeah, he could be charged in the future, say, for not registering as a foreign agent. And because they're dumb and he's dumb, the entire plea deal blew up. You called it a sweetheart deal. I told you not to because it's not a sweetheart deal. It was a deal to cover up the financial crimes of the president of the United States of America and the Biden family criminal enterprise. And it all would have went away because they wrapped it up into this gun charge. You know, the gun charge where Hunter Biden lied on that gun form. And it was all going to be part of that. This diversion agreement and the judge would have no ability to reject it because the feds, I mean, this is this is how sleazy this whole thing was. They put all the financial crimes, lumped it in with the gun charge in a diversion agreement that the judge had no ability to reject. Because, look, whenever you make a deal, whenever the prosecutor, if you watch, you know, the shows and the prosecutor comes along and they make a deal Well, the judge still has to agree to it in most cases, but there are exceptions. This diversion agreement is one of those exceptions where the judge does not have the ability to reject the plea deal. I mean, it's very sometimes in criminal cases that'll happen. You know, the prosecutor will turn around and say, all right, we've agreed, uh, Your Honor, we're going to we're going to only take, uh, you know, a suspended sentence and money. And the judge has the right to turn around and go, no, I I, no, I, I, I absolutely I'm rejecting this plea deal. But this judge had no ability to do that because this was part of the gun diversion agreement. 
And because Hunter's so stupid and his lawyers are idiots, they let the whole thing blow up. And now Hunter's facing federal charges for all these things. But worse than that is that all the financial crimes of the president of the United States of America could theoretically all come out in trial. You know, we, we've talked about how by charging Hunter, it, 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 the, the FBI, or the DOJ is able to turn around and say the case is ongoing and we can't cooperate with you. And so some people thought right away that that was just a scam to just deny the House the ability to get the information. But they could have done that anyway, because even if you charge somebody, the case is still technically ongoing. I mean, look at Trump, for example. I've, I've told you before, I would not be surprised if the special counsel, Jack Smith, comes out and, and adds charges to Trump's indictment. You can always add charges to an indictment. You can, you can always do that. And, and, and if the plea deal had gone forward, well, then you couldn't have. Not with those charges. You could have added charges outside of that. But that would have been the end of it. So you see, when they ultimately charge Hunter Biden... And then people said, oh, you're only charging him because you're going you're gonna to impede the congressional investigation. Well, they were impeding it anyway. I think the only reason why they ultimately charge Hunter Biden is because this is a way that they can try to get Joe Biden out of the race. It's my theory. But <clears throat> Bobolinsky is it's interesting because, you know, this guy, he's been around these people. And in October of 2020, he came out and he spoke out and he said that. 10% for the big guy, the big guy being Joe Biden. And all this money that flowed from China and it flowed from Ukraine and it flowed from Romania and all these other things. James Biden, the brother, Hunter Biden, the idiot son, all this stuff. It's all there. It's all there. And the Congress can do whatever it wants as far as going after the president via impeachment, but these guys are not forensic investigators. Now, the entire time that they were looking into Hunter Biden, you had these IRS whistleblowers come forward and go, hey, this is what we do. You know, we're good at this. We find and, and we can bring down these very complicated money laundering schemes. But the Justice Department wouldn't let us. The IRS wouldn't let us. They were, they were running point here for the president. They were literally blocking us. All this stuff goes back to when Joe Biden was vice president. You know, yesterday on the show, I shared with you a very important piece from The Federalist, where the investigative reporter over there talks about the Ukraine overlap. And, I, I, you know, we keep hearing that this is a Republican special prosecutor and a Republican blah, blah, blah. What if this whole thing about Biden's memory is all just a giant cover-up for all the corruption of the fact that as vice president, he gave access to these documents to his son for the purposes of enhancing his value to the Ukrainian energy company. Think about that for a second. These documents were everywhere. They were at the Penn Biden Center. They were at his home. They were in his garage next to the Corvette. They were at the University of Delaware. While the specific details in the recovered documents remain unknown, the nearly 400-page report provided an extensive enough summary of the materials to confirm an overlap in the timing and topics of Joe Biden's presidency and Hunter Biden's business enterprises. Take Ukraine. Appendix A of the report provided a table summary of the documents recovered. Many of the top secret and classified documents concerned Ukraine during this time. And during this time frame is when Hunter Biden acted as an intermediary between Burisma's owner, Mikola Zlachevsky, and the vice president. 
Recall that Hunter's business partner, Devin Archer, told the House Oversight Committee that in early March of 2014, he met Zlachevsky while in Moscow. And soon after, he and Hunter Biden joined Burisma's board, receiving $83,000 a month. The following month, Hunter Biden sent Devin Archer an email. It was April 13, 2014. It was one week before Biden would go to Ukraine. And in that email, he talks about my guy's upcoming travels. And then he elaborated on 22 points about Ukraine's political situation with detailed information about the upcoming election and predicting an escalation of Russia's destabilization campaign, which could lead to a full-scale takeover of the eastern region, most critically Donetsk, according to the New York Post. Now, think about this for a second now. Here's this idiot crackhead son. Do you think he can come up with 22 points in detail about Ukraine's political situation all by himself? Or do you think it's more likely that when they prepared the briefing documents for the vice president in advance of his trip to go meet with the Ukrainian president a week later, Hunter had access to that stuff? I mean, this is not a new allegation. We've talked about this for a a year, maybe longer, maybe two years. There's no way Hunter Biden, crackhead idiot, snorting cocaine off strippers' backsides, is able to come up with 22 points about Ukraine's political situation. It just so happens to be that he comes up with all this right before Joe Biden goes overseas to meet with Ukraine's president. And obviously, among the documents and material that they found, top secret and otherwise classified or confidential documents discussing Ukraine. One undated document discussed uh, discussed issues related to Russian aggression towards Ukraine. There was another one dated September 17th, 2014, which consisted of a memorandum to the vice president from staff members. The subject, U.S. energy assistance to Ukraine. There was a September 17th, 2014 event memo from a vice presidential national security staffer titled Lunch with Ukrainian President Poroshenko, which was scheduled for the following day. The overlap between Joe Biden's Ukraine-related work Hunter Biden's Burisma profiteering became more pronounced in 2015. On December 2nd, 2015, the lobbying firm Blue Star Group, which Hunter Biden had arranged to work with Burisma, wrote to Burisma that it had participated in a conference call today with senior Obama administration officials ahead of U.S. Vice President Joe Biden's trip to Ukraine next week. The memorandum provided a summary of the conference call telling Burisma that Michael Carpenter, Vice President Biden's special advisor for Europe and Russia, and Dr. Colin Cowell, the vice president's national security advisor, presented the agenda for the trip and answered questions about current U.S. policy toward Ukraine. Two days after receiving a memorandum, Burisma executives Lachevsky and Vadim Pazharsky This was December 4th of 2015, pushed Hunter Biden to call his father. The Burisma executives expressed concern over the pressure they were under from Ukrainian investigators. That following week is when Vice President Biden travels to Ukraine and demands that the prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, be fired and used a billion dollars of taxpayer aid, our money, as a way to to bribe them into firing Zlachevsky. And that's what they did, or, or, or Shokin, I mean. That's what they did, and they wound up doing that. Remember, that's the whole thing. Biden bragged about it. We played that clip a million times. You've heard it before. 
You know, I, was, I they said, you're not the president. I said, well, go call him. And, well, son of a gun. Prosecutors fired and blah, blah, blah. Now, I've also shared with you in the past, you know, that prosecutor, Victor Shokin, has come out and he's spoken. And he said many times, you know, I was no, I was being praised by the United States State Department for my efforts to root out corruption. I've got letters here from from the from the uh, United States ambassador to Ukraine. I've got letters here from the from the secretary of state all praising me for the work I'm doing. And then I lose my job. Why? Last week, the special counsel reported recovering documents classified as secret dating around December 12th of 2015, setting forth the purpose and talking points for a call with Ukrainian president or Ukrainian prime minister Yatsenyuk. A transcript of the call between Biden and the Ukrainian prime minister was attached with a handwritten post-it note showing that the then vice president had directed his executive assistant get a copy of the conversation from the situation room for my records, please. The transcript label confidential and eyes only do not copy, according to the special counsel, included pleasantries exchanged between the two. And the prime minister heaped praise upon Mr. Biden for his December 9th, 2015 speech to Ukraine's parliament. And in that speech, Biden told Ukrainian lawmakers it is not enough to set up a new anti-corruption bureau and establish a special prosecutor fighting corruption. The office of the general prosecutor desperately needs reform. Biden continued to maintain that his demands to Ukraine fire the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, represented U.S. policy. That's what he was telling them. But the policy seemed to have made a sharp turn from just months earlier. In June of 2014, then Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs, Victoria Newland, wrote Prosecutor General Shokin applauding his office's progress in anti-corruption efforts. Then U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Piat, would likely publicly state in December 2015, quote, we want to work with Prosecutor General Shokin, so the Prosecutor General's office is leading the fight against corruption. That same month, the Interagency Policy Committee asserted that Prosecutor General Shokin had made sufficient progress in combating corruption to warrant a third guarantee of a $1 billion loan, according to House Oversight Chair James Comer. Now, if you think about it, these documents that are all there, as all this is happening with Ukraine, with uh, Burisma, with all these things and all this pay-to-play scheme and everything like this, and then the special prosecutor comes out and says Biden's memory is the problem and no jury would convict him. No jury would convict him. Okay? Thank you. But ask, ask yourself this question. If that's the case, then where are the transcripts? Show us the transcripts. Put it all out there. Green Jean-Pierre refuses to say if they'll ever be made public. See, I think this whole thing's a cover-up. I really do. And I think, I think this whole thing is a deflection. It's why you keep hearing so much about Biden's memory and Biden's cognitive uh, problems. I mean, you see it. You see it yourself. But instead of having to defend Biden's corruption, instead of having to defend that, they're defending Biden's memory. His mental acuity. And they'd rather be doing that than defending Biden's corruption. The other point of this, too, is that they're able to then use this. If Joe Biden is going to get out of the race at some point, and I still believe he is. Well, you've set the stage for this. You certainly have. But look, I'll, I'll, I'll prove my point to you. Here's Chuck Schumer over the weekend 
the, 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 we, the Sunday shows were not concerned with whether or not any of these classified documents ever fell into the hands of Hunter Biden or Devin Archer or anyone else involved here. They weren't concerned about that. What they were concerned about, they were concerned about was Joe Biden's memory. And the mean things that the uh, special counsel Robert Hurst said in his report, the big meanie pants talking about Biden being a forgetful old man. So here's Chuck Schumer defending not the corruption. Doesn't have to. He's not asked about it. Cut three. I talk to President Biden, you know, regularly, off sometimes several times in a week or usually several times in a week. His mental acuity is great. It's fine. It's as good as it's been over the years. I've been speaking to him for 30 years since we worked on the Brady Bill and the assault weapons ban when I was a young congressman. <laughs> um, and um, he's 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 fine. All this right wing propaganda that his mental acuity has declined is wrong. He's going to win the election because he has a great record, because um, more and more Americans are seeing that record. Okay, more and more Americans are seeing that record. Well, as part of that record, and this is the big story of the day today, brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Get that beautiful smile you deserve from my friend and my dentist, Dr. Mike Venaria. Part of that record is what you're paying for prices of food. Bill Maher had Jillian Michaels, the um, fitness guru. They did a podcast together. It's his Club Random podcast. And he said that concerns about inflation are misguided. And Jillian Michaels sets him straight a little bit here. Cut number seven. Like it was in the paper today about this country came out of the pandemic way better. We just, we won the pandemic economically. I mean, America. God, I don't feel that way. Explain it to me. I feel like inflation's um, insane. Number. Inflation is not insane. Bill. I, I, Go buy there, a car. There's, there's numbers. I understand things, a house but, but but it has has tripled here. I, <laughs> look, I, I I get that people buy some f- eggs. There's feelings and then there's the numbers. Okay, what are the numbers? The, the num- well, the numbers have come down a lot in the last six months. Okay, uh, it of course they were. It was inevitable when we gave out $6 trillion so that everybody could hide under the bed from the forever flu. That was never going to end well. It was taken by the richest people ever and didn't and it get was, where and it, it needed it to was, go. A lot of it was stolen. It was, it was, we agree on that, too. It was like, it, was there some response needed? Of course. You don't want the hospitals overrun. But it was a, just a massive overreaction. And that did cause some of the inflation. And she turns around and says, Bill, you know, go buy some effing eggs. I mean, go buy some effing eggs. It's expensive, but guys like Bill Maher may not feel it because he's very, very rich. But, you know, a lot of celebrities don't feel these things. You know, they don't feel the same things you and I feel because they have lots and lots of money. To Bill Maher's credit, he did call out some of those people. Liberal celebrities who vowed to flee the country under Trump. And um, he ripped those America bashing liberal celebrities. Like I've told you, I, you know, there's some things Bill Maher says that I think are great. Some things he says, I think he's crazy. But I, when he says something I like, I like to play it because I think he's um, a guy who reaches a very large audience. And sometimes that audience is not. It's a different audience than who we normally talk to. And I think he reaches a lot of people who are primarily Democrat leaning voters. You know, and, I, and, and from my perspective, if he can maybe wake some of these people up, that's a good thing. I know he hates Trump's guts. I get that. But at the same time, he's not afraid to call out Biden. 
for being a uh, feeble-minded geezer. And he's not afraid to, I think, point out to some of these people how the left is freaking insane. You know, maybe it's helping to wake some people up. And maybe I think if those people wake up, I think that they will vote for Trump if he's the nominee, which I think he's going to be. I really do. I do believe that. Cut 15. Just like there's a, there's a long list of liberal celebrities who swear they'll go if a Republican is elected and no one ever does. <laughs> Miley Cyrus once said, I am moving if Trump is my president. I don't say things I don't mean. Here she is looking miserable having to endure America <laughs> at the Grammys last Sunday. I guess she, uh, I guess she flew back from Tajikistan. <laughs> In 2016, Eddie Griffin said, if Trump wins, I'm moving to Africa. Apparently very slowly, because in Trump's four years, he only got as far as Van Nuys. Um, George Lopez once said that if Trump won, he won't have to worry about immigration. We'll all go back. George Lopez, still here. <laughs> And it doesn't look like the migrant traffic is going back. Then there's all the TikToks telling Americans things like, I think the new American dream is to leave. I'm 18 years old and I escaped America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to escape America. That wall we're always debating isn't to keep you in. Very good point. All right, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Let me do a quick social media check-in. I got to uh, thank Carrie. Um, she said, thanks for the little story about Tubin. I needed that. You crack me up sometimes. Thank you. And that's a far cry from what Fred's sister-in-law said, who said, this segment is why I can't recommend Rich's show to some of my friends. So you see, Matt DeSantis, there's controversy, and I understand controversy, <laughs> and I'm okay with it. I mean, the Tubin stuff was funny. I don't agree. I think it was inappropriate. I really do. <laughs> well, it was inappropriate as well, but I thought it was still funny. I think it was inappropriate. I really do. I think it's just not, and, and that's why I'm not going to read Old Man Dudley's. Who no Paul? Who who said it? Who said? Can you work choke your chicken into that? Uh. I, we were not talking about chickens. Yeah, it's a tough so, one to weave in. That I don't know how you weave that in. You I, know what I mean? It doesn't come up conversationally. It, it's hard to just throw that out there. That would be inappropriate. If I had, if I had found a way to weave that in, and that then that would have been inappropriate, <laughs> if you ask me. Okay? <laughs> and um, Girl Chris says, I'm both a cat and dog lover. I love all of God's creatures. I will say today that I'm a happy cat owner because I'm not trudging through slush to walk a dog. Also, please mark me as safe from toxoplasmosis. <laughs> Which apparently is a parasite, not a virus. Did you know that? Well, I never even heard of it. So yeah, that's news to me too. Yeah, because the yeah. parasite will stay inside you. A virus will go away eventually. I right. still think the best pet uh, we discovered is the mutant Chernobyl wolf. I agree, but I do like a good pet chicken because then you get eggs, and eggs are very expensive. <laughs> and if the chicken's not behaving, you can choke the chicken, like Jeffrey Tubin did. Oh, uh, yuck. Too far. Went too far. I don't condone animal abuse. We just went too far there. See? Eventually, we always do it. It's inevitable. Um, and let me uh, also one more here as we do our social media check-in brought to you by Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill, where relationships matter. I just want to say that um, uh, politically astute thinker nailed it. He said, hey, Rich, shrinkflation is hitting the real estate market, too. 
Tiny houses are the future. Just ask Elizabeth Warren. That's true. They do have that whole show about tiny houses where people live in those really tiny houses. You ever see that on, I think it's HGTV or something? What is that? No, I've never even heard of it. Yeah, people live in houses that are um, 400 square feet, 500 square feet as a house with a family. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a whole show. I don't know if they still have it on the air or not, but um, anyway. So thank you for that uh, social media check-in. Thanks to our friends at Cherry Hovavo for that. And um, Char W says, Rich, Kamala, ready to serve? Yes, maybe burgers or ice cream, but not as the president of the United States. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Got that right. Now, I'm, I don't want to play this because Fred's sister-in-law isn't going to like it. She's not going to be able to recommend the show. But there is a court. I do like to talk about litigation. I do like court cases, and I do like to bring your attention to what's going on in, in, in the legal system sometimes. And we talk a lot about Trump's legal woes. We talk about Biden, you know. But what we don't talk about is a court battle that's going on where a trans partner got his cojones removed and then kept them in his fridge. And he's suing his former partner now to return them, and he's asking for $6,500 in damages. And this is being referred to as the <sighs> D's nuts court battle. <laughs> aptly and named. I'm just going to say, well, yes, Henry? Apt, it's aptly named. Well, I'm just going to make the point the lawyers always win. And I say that all the time. It's one of my Zioli axioms. The lawyers always win. Am I right? This is a classic example of this because there's an attorney who's taken this case. Uh, this is from Lives of TikTok, cut 14. So in Mr. Wojciechowski's response, he admits that he possessed the medical specimen and he admits that he disposed of them. Okay. I am suing for the return of them and damages in the amount of $6,500. She had had her testicles removed. I believe if I recalled correctly, it was March 23rd and they were left in the fridge. I wanted nothing to do with it. I thought it was odd, but I tried not to judge because everybody's a little different. It's what made her happy, whatever. I want nothing to do with them. Um, I'm not one for body parts and all that stuff. It's kind of gross, actually. Um, it's part of her twisted humor, not mine. And so they were in the house from March, April to... They were there from April 2022. Can I just jump July. in here and ask a quick question? Don't they go bad? Do they not have an expiration date on them? I guess if you keep them refrigerated, they, they're all right. I would think you got to keep it in the freezer. <laughs> I, I don't know. The chopped cojones, I think they, I think yeah. they belong in the freezer, don't you think? Right, yeah, because when you lose like a pinky or something, people are like, get that, get that on ice, get that on right. ice. You want to freeze it. Yeah, I mean, most serial killers keep their bodies on ice. They don't keep them in the fridge. Well, I think in the case of a pinky finger, you hope to reattach it. I, in this instance, I, I think they're removed and staying removed, so the preservation doesn't necessarily need to be as... Uh, as high quality. Well, why not put it in that like fluid that you have for like preserving other things? Like I've seen like the embalming fluid. Yeah, the embalming fluid. Mm -hmm. where they put like a shark in it or something. They have it in like a jar. Yeah, I think they—they're not just like sitting loose in the refrigerator. They're uh, in a jar filled with fluid. Uh, well, that oh, was my okay. understanding at least. I thought it was just in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> yeah, is that your assumption or is that what it says like in the in, the court filings? Yes, here? in fairness, that is my assumption, Henry. Yeah, you I didn't actually read the court filings, did you, Matt? No, to say I, I, I don't think you no, did. You've got me. I didn't take the time to read through this. Very just, thoroughly. I want to be clear here. We're all making assumptions here. I, I would put them in the, you know, those, uh, the ones that the, the plastic uh, Tupperware things that do the burping sound so you know it's fresh. 
That's what I would keep them in. If it's me. Ugh. You know what I mean? Like, I got a meat sauce the other day. I did a whole short ribbon Barolo thing, 24 hours, braised, beautiful. You keep that meat nice and, you know what I mean? You got to put it nice and you got to make sure the air's out so it doesn't go stale. So. Do you want to hear more of this? Not really. <laughs> no. I think, I think, <laughs> I think, I think we're good. I'll just say to Big C, thank you for your tweet, which I'm going to end this segment with. Pickled nuts. <laughs> Pickled mm-hmm. nuts. It's a new flavor. I'm just saying. It's uh, it's a, it's a, it's a new flavor. Um, okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's uh, continue, shall we? We've got much to discuss before the uh, show is up. Will they impeach Alejandro Mayorkas or not? We'll hopefully find out today. I would tell you about my friends at Emmons Roofing and Siding. They're fantastic. I love the great work that Emmons does. Do you need a new kitchen or bathroom? Because Emmons will do a bathroom remodel in one day. And I can vouch for the great work they do because they remodeled my kitchen and my bathroom in our old house, did a great job. My wife was thrilled. Happy wife, happy life. She loved it. And they also handle everything. They really are the one-stop shop you need. Roof, siding, windows, doors, bathroom and kitchen remodeling, solar. Emmons does it all for you. Do you have a shore house? Well, get that shore house inspected, the roof inspected now because minor leaks now in the winter can cause very costly repairs when the warm weather hits which it will hit again soon just reach out to emmons today for a free estimate and get a free estimate for a kitchen or bathroom remodel you don't have to worry about being inconvenienced because they can do the bathroom remodel in one day it's great and they are trustworthy and honest and that's why i've used them for over six years i love that i have a lifetime warranty on my roof i love that they always respond to people right away and if you've had any damage to your home with all these storms we've had emmons well they are they are they're the experts in this they'll work with your insurance company to make sure the repairs are done very quickly and it's all taken care of so reach out to them today just go to emmonsroofing.com you can visit the emmons design showroom in sherry hill new jersey and use them just like I've used them because you can trust them. They will do a great job for you. Emmonsroofing.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply baseball is in full swing nba playoffs are heating up and your nfl team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Oh, yes. Uh, 
Yes, Biden bought fried chicken for a black family. That's actually a real thing that just happened. Um, no joke, folks. Uh yeah, I mean, you know, why, why not? And there's a social media video of Biden sitting around uh, with a family eating fried chicken, but he brought a burger because he doesn't like fried chicken. Anyway, um, I'll get into that. But this this is a kind of a breaking thing here. Christopher Rufo, who does a great job for The Daily Wire, he um, uncovered a video. You know how Disney is the worst? I mean, Disney is the worst. They have gone so far left. All their stuff stinks. Right before I got on the air today, Henry was telling me about a new Marvel movie that came out that is getting, it's just completely a bomb. People hate it. I didn't even know about it. Everything Disney has done lately stinks. And there's a reason why. It's because they've injected politics into everything. And they made a very hard left turn into politics. And a lot of that has to do with when Bob Iger was chairman of Disney back in 2020. After the January 6th Capitol riot in 2021, um, he had a very, very visceral reaction. And we have the audio of this. This is uh, Christopher Rufo posted this to X a short time ago in January of 2021. Then Disney chairman Bob Iger told employees he was committing the company to taking a stand on politics because of January 6th. Take a listen. Well, I, I mean, Bob and Bob has talked about this uh, eloquently um, since he's become CEO. I'll, I'll say a couple of things about it. You know, we've tended to uh, uh, shy away from politics. Uh, and in doing so, I think we've shied away from talking about issues that aren't political at all, like the issues that we're talking about today. Um, because we believe in doing so, maybe it, looked like, it looks like we're taking a stand. Well, in that reality, we should be taking a stand. I take, by the way, I, t- I take responsibility for this. I was CEO for 15 years. And so, I, you know, I, I, I manage the, the company's public-facing um, processes and, and um, you know, how we were portraying ourselves. And I think that we have to be less cautious, as Bob, I think, was just alluding to, about such things and not be concerned, like just commenting about what happened in Washington last week. That's not political on our part at all. We, we know that what we saw was fundamentally wrong and that it was rooted in hatred and disrespect and contempt and intolerance. And we should feel free as a company to comment about that without retribution. And another thing I want to say that I've learned um, these last nine to 12 months is, you know, I'm very proud of a lot of the work we've done in terms of diversity inclusion on screen. When we, when we did Coco, for instance, at Pixar, a great example of that, or Tiana, or of course, Black Panther is one of the great examples of that. I, I, I allowed those things to make me feel a bit complacent in a sense. It's not that I, I wanted to be that way, but I thought, wow, we did Black Panther. How great are we? And it caused me to not focus as much as I should have on the culture of the company and the environment and, and, and in the voices that were telling those stories as opposed to just how they were being portrayed on the screen. Now, Bob Iger was the chairman of Disney at the time. The CEO was Bob Chapek. He would be out. Uh, and Iger is back now as CEO. But... You know, you you can understand how it is that um, the the mindset here that invades their storytelling. I mean, 
he praised himself for making Black Panther. He didn't. Disney didn't create Black Panther. Like Black Panther was a very successful comic, uh, a very very successful graphic novel, and a series of them. And Black Panther was a was a thing. But Marvel did that, not Disney. You have to remember something. When when Disney acquired Marvel, they they pat themselves on the back. Like, don't you love these guys, these these white woke liberals who pat themselves on the back and go, oh, look, we made Black Panther. There were a lot of white people who went to see that movie and spent their money to go see Black Panther. Black Panther as a character was a is a sub like a very consequential character in the Marvel Universe and became one in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, too. But here he is patting himself on the back like, oh, look at me. We, we, we made Black Panther. Yeah, and you made a ton of money off it, too. You made a lot of money off of that. So did you, did, you, did you come up with that little tale yourself? No, you didn't. This is what Disney does, though. Disney will take something like that and then virtue signal. When, if you went to see Black Panther, you went to see it because you wanted to see the movie and you wanted to see the chronology of it and you wanted to be able to go and understand because it plays into the story arc of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, which Disney has since destroyed. Luckily, it didn't destroy the first iteration because, honestly, Marvel kept Disney at bay. You know, despite Bob Iger patting himself on the back, you know, white, woke, limousine liberal here patting himself on the back for making that movie. Marvel back then was able to keep Disney o- away. You know, stay stay away from this. And the, the two brothers who really oversaw that entire franchise did a great job of making sure that the suits stayed the hell away. And a lot of people went to see Black Panther, and it was a good movie, and people went there, and it wasn't because they went there because they wanted to, prove that, look, look, they can make a movie about a black action figure. I mean, there's been others, a Black Adam, for example, in the DC side of things. Um, who cares? I mean, it, it's, it, but, but you see what they do. You, you see what these people do. They, they, they try to use people as props is what they do. They try to, they, they, they like, well, look at us. We made it. We, we turned this into a movie. It was going to be a movie. It made a lot of money for Disney, made a lot of money for Marvel. It was going to be a movie. But the point here is that they looked at January 6th and they said, we need to be making more of a stand. And then they would do it. They, they went from shying away from politics and Black Panther was made years before January 6th. And they were admitting that there was no politics in that movie. They weren't trying to inject politics into that movie. But then he turns around and he says, here, here we go. We, we got we to gotta pat ourselves on the back and push more of these, more of these diversity projects like, like Coco. Coco is another great movie. It's a very good movie. But I don't look at that movie and think to myself, wow, this is Disney's diversity and blah, blah, blah. But now... You see how they looked at stuff that they had done in the rearview mirror and said, we need to do more of that. So instead of making good stuff, they said, we need to do more of that for the purposes of just checking boxes of diversity and representation. So let's start making more of that stuff. And what did it turn out to be? Crap. Garbage. Because unlike where they started with Black Panther, which was to make a movie that was true to the to the comic, true to the story, true to the arc of how he would play in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they Coco, they made a great movie. They what Disney then decided to do after this was to say, let's start with diversity, equity, inclusion, and then go from there. They didn't do it that way with those other two movies he cited. 
But then Iger comes up with this great idea. He and Bob Chapik, they turn around, they go, here's our idea. Let's start with diversity, equity, inclusion, and then write stories around that. And let's make sure that we're taking a stand on politics as a company. And it changed the trajectory of things. I'm not saying Disney wasn't woke before this. I know they were. And that's why when Disney ultimately took over Star Wars, took over Marvel, I mean, people were very, very nervous. And rightfully so, particularly when they took over Marvel, because quite frankly, what they did with Star Wars was to basically destroy it. But that's for other reasons. That's more of a, of, of, of a, of a corporate mindset that is all about making money. And they just don't care about the quality of the product. And they don't care about the story telling and everything like this and then you understand after january 6 where that comes from it's not about good stories it's about stories that focus on the political ideas and ideologies that we want to push forward the diversity equity and inclusion that we want to push forward we make that the first thing that we're doing and give me a break you know this is this is the reason about of why disney over the last several years has gone into absolute um I mean, I mean, they've lost a ton of cash. They continue to embarrass themselves with all their little diversity, equity, inclusion gotchas. And all of it. I mean, that memo of, of describing how Disney movies need to be made and how they have to do all these things and they got to show these things and they got to make sure that you're checking all these boxes. And I mean, it, 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 it's exactly what you would expect from from Hollywood, it, from Disney. I mean, really, of all places, it really is. Um, good for Chris Rufo, Chris Rufo for um, finding that out. Uh, thanks to Road Warrior for pushing this out. Michael Schellenberger has a piece that the FBI started spying on the Trump campaign after foreign governments by chance discovered evidence, evidence that his advisors were colluding with the Russians, the government says. But now multiple credible sources tell us that the CIA asked foreign allies to spy on 26 Trump associates. Michael Schellenberger, of course, is a great journalist. He, Matt Taibbi, and um, Galaxy Brain put this together. And that guy, John Brennan, who should be in prison, was really the guy behind a lot of this. Multiple credible sources tell Public and Racket that the United States intelligence community, including the CIA, illegally mobilized foreign intelligence agencies to target Trump advisors long before the summer of 2016. And it's a it's a it's a it's a long in depth understanding of what I think we we all know, which is that the the United States intelligence community, including the FBI and the CIA, it was an illegal investigation into the Trump campaign, Durham and Obama, and they were all behind these things. And this is why I've told you in the past that that we live in a police state. This country is a police state. And, and do you remember when Mark Levin said that Donald Trump was being wiretapped? You remember that? Everybody made fun of him for that. Well, it's true. There was illegal wiretapping. There was illegal wiretaps that were done. We know that against Trump people. And they violated the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. We know that, too. And John Durham and John Brennan and these people should be in prison for what they did. They really should. They should be in prison. For what they did, because they broke so many laws. And don't forget, too, when Obama um, had these idiots brief the press on this, that was to also give it credibility. You know, why would the president of the United States, Barack Obama, be meeting with these people and having conversations about Russian collusion if there wasn't merit to it? 
So that was all that. And, um, you know, not, none of this should surprise you at this point. None of it. All right, coming up, will the House impeach Alejandro Mayorkas? That's the question for you. Um, Rand Paul rips the uh, Republicans who are trying to send our money to Ukraine. We got a lot to talk about in our fourth and final hour, so you better stay right there. Don't go away. But I want to tell you about Cooper. Cooper University Healthcare is South Jersey's leading academic health uh, institute for a reason. They are there for you and your family every step of the way. From the MD Anderson Cancer Center at Cooper to the Cooper Neurological Institute, Cooper has over 75 specialties for you and your family. Baby Reagan was born at Cooper Hospital. I had my surgery, my diverticulitis surgery done at Cooper Hospital. And there's a Cooper primary care specialty location near you. And they're growing. It's great. Beautiful new campus at the Morristown Mall. And Cooper Urgent Care, where you'll see the very same providers that are on the front lines at the Cooper Emergency Department, which is a level one trauma center. They're the same people you'll see for life's everyday urgent care needs. So don't wait. Make an appointment today for your family by calling 1-800-8-COOPER or go to cooperhealth.org. Remember, from the MD Anderson Cancer Center to all of the other amazing facilities and doctors, providers at Cooper, they are there for you. Committed, compassionate, complete. Cooperhealth.org. Cooperhealth.org. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.